Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. I am Marjo Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. This is the greatest crossover ever attempted in the history of mankind. You can listen to this show on both the Blogging the Boys and the Bleeding Green Nation podcast networks, and you should subscribe. We should subscribe to both, but I mean, I understand if you're a Cowboys fan, you only want to subscribe to Blogging the Boys, vice versa. But BLG, what people can do is if they only subscribe to one, they can go to the other Leave a rating, a five-star rating, and write a review. They can write whatever they want in the reviews as long as they leave a five-star rating. And honestly, there should be a ton of Cowboys fans listening to this podcast, not only because the Cowboys are having success this season, but also because the Eagles are very much not, and pretty much every other NFC's team very much not. So uh, you should definitely show some support if you appreciate my misery and everyone's misery by uh, leaving a rating and writing a review. Well, Cowboys fans did get a review from an Eagles fan, BLG. And if you write a review, we will read it. Whatever you say, we are legally obligated, I think, somewhere in our contracts uh, with SB Nation. It is a five-star review. It comes to us from Tony Hip. So three cheers for Tony Hip. Uh, It's titled, Go Birds! With an exclamation point. Nice. Uh, Love the positivity that comes out of RJ and love the NFC East mixtape. You two play Batman and Robin so well. Looking forward to hearing more. Fly, Eagles fly. do you think that we're Batman and Robin? I would have never, you know, if I had to no. like assign, a, you know, a, a famous duo to us, that would not have been my choice. No, definitely not. We're not on the same team here. I mean, we are in that we work at the same company, but not uh, in this metaphor. Because am, am I Robin? I'm not Robin. I'm too tall to be Robin. I can't be Robin. You, I, I've, we've kind of danced around this. We're clearly, this is very close. We're Batman and the Joker, and you're the Joker. Yeah, that's clearly mm-hmm. who we are here. You know, so. I mean, hey, it is the Dak Knight right here, and um, I don't know. Didn't didn't Jalen Mills have like green hair at a certain point in time? So like when he was an Eagle. So yeah, he I did. know he's had it as a Patriot. So I mean, still has it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and the Cowboys just beat Jalen Mills. CD Lamb waved goodbye to him. So okay. I think it's a, that was a week it's ago. It's longer than a week ago to be accurate and precise. But I think that works. Batman and the Joker. You know, would you ever wear a purple suit? Uh sure. Yeah, I like it purple. I actually hate. Um, when the Joker is presented, like I hate when the Joker drives like a, a Lamborghini or something, or when he's got like, like the Jack Nicholson Joker, you're saying, or the Jared Leto Jack Joker, because okay. like, and I hate when his suit is like perfectly tailored and stuff. Because in my mind, my logical mind, I'm thinking it would take him like two hours to get ready to go rob a bank. You know what I mean? To, to, to like iron his clothes, like who's ironing his clothes? You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. why like Heath Ledger's Joker is the best because. It's the most like, let me just grab what I've got and I'll smear some makeup on my face. Like, that's my thing. But Jared Leto's Joker is way too polished for me. Yeah, like the other one is more of like a, a mobster. Kind of right. like, as that's opposed what I to want. like this. Yeah, like crazy, um, 
what, what do you even call Heath Ledger? I don't know. Like, it's just like a, a psycho, basically. It's like this crazy person um, who doesn't like fit into a box. Mm, like Nick Sirianni. Um, okay, so it is time, PLG, to recap the NFC East at week eight. Can you believe we've made it to the eighth week of the NFL season? Almost halfway. <laughs> Not quite. Almost. Because uh, things like things are looking fairly up for the Eagles from a draft perspective. You know, we'll we'll get there. But uh, yeah. per NFC East mixtape rules, we have to go in order of divisional standings. The Dallas Cowboys by themselves almost have as many wins as the rest of the NFC East combined. Shout out to the New York Giants who got a dub last week. Five and one coming off their bye, visiting the Minnesota Vikings and your boy Kirk Cousins on Sunday night football. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so worked up uh, about because I, I like Kirk Cousins. I I know that why uh, that most people why I, I've told you this before. He's one of the biggest people that I first ever interviewed, and that he was really nice to me. And so, like, I can acknowledge sure. that I'm I'm biased, but I also think he is like I think the meme becomes larger than the bad mm. of who he is. So I, I don't think the meme properly balances out how bad he can be because he can be good, and I think that when he's good, people don't care. You know, people just want to make the memes. People just want to make the jokes. Do you think the Cowboys are going to beat Kirk Cousins? Do you feel confident about that this week? Well, I do. But the last time the Cowboys played the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football, they lost uh, because Jason Garrett threw Tavon Austin under the bus. That was kind of the end for Jason Garrett uh, with the Cowboys. But BLG, the Cowboys and Vikings are both coming off of their bye, which was the case when they played each other last season. This game is in Minnesota like it was last season. So very similar set of circumstances here. That was the game. I know you remember that Mike McCarthy smashed some watermelons beforehand and the Cowboys trounced the Vikings. I mean, the, Cow- the Cowboys beat the Vikings last year with Andy Dalton. Like, how are we supposed to expect that the Vikings have a shot in this game? Especially in primetime. Like, Kirk Cousins notoriously, like, not good in these big primetime games and a big spot for the Vikings, too, who are 3-3, three and three. And the rest of the NFC's playoff picture isn't like amazingly competitive, like not as much quite as it is uh, spread out in the AFC where that's just a little side note that on that, like AFC, not as necessarily, I would say top heavy, like the, like the powers aren't consolidated as much as people thought it was though. Like people, people like the AFC has all the elite teams. Like there's no, I mean, maybe the bills, there's, there's no like elite team. I think, you know, you do power rankings, I do power rankings. I think of of a consensus, like averaging of power rankings, I would say like 80% of the top five teams are in the NFC, right? Because you've got the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, some people have the Cowboys Rams. that hire the Packers, the Rams, right? Like some combination of those teams, the Bills, the Ravens were the only team that were kind of hanging in there for the AFC. But after yep. losing this past week, like you can have the Bengals higher, you can have the Chargers up there, but like generally it is an NFC heavy sort of mix. Yeah, six or five of my top six are NFC teams. Uh, the Buffalo Bills at four. Then I have the so they're the only AFC. I have the Cardinals at one, Rams at two, Buccaneers at three, Packers at five, Cowboys at six. You can check out my entire power rankings at bleedinggreennation.com, or we talk about them with Benjamin Solak, formerly of Bleeding, Bleeding Green Nation.com, on the SB Nation NFL show this week. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, so this is a big game for the Vikings. They're three and three. And I have more confidence that the Vikings will not win because it is this big spot in primetime. And you can say what you want, but like, just look at Kirk Cousins track record. He doesn't win in these games. Like he notoriously does not show up in the big moment. I agree. Um, And again, he did beat the Cowboys on Sunday night football two years ago, but again, Jason Garrett, you know, 
really, really. Dak Prescott had this marvelous, what would have been game-winning drive in the final moments of that, and then the Cowboys turtled up and handed the ball off to Zeke near the goal line and just kind of ruined their chances to score. And so Dak was robbed of, of his moment, and I don't think that will be the case this year. Um, looking at the Cowboys, BLG, and I know so it sounds like you think they're winning this game. They'll get to 6-1. and one. After this game, they have the Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons at home, back-to-back. They're at 8-1, and one, right? We agree? Yep. Okay, so Cowboys Chiefs. I mean, is that like it, on a one to ten difficulty scale for the Cowboys? Like it, it, it was a ten when the season started. It's like a seven now, right? Like you got to give the Chiefs their respect, and maybe they stabilize between now and then. But and even if they lose, like if that's their second loss of the season and it's an AFC loss, like I mean, I don't know how. I don't. And after that, to be very clear, they have the Raiders on Thanksgiving, and that's a different game now. Rich Bisaccia's two and zero. Rich Bisaccia, former Cowboys staffer. I mean, this team is is positioned to – we had an article, I showed you this, I know you read it yourself, uh, at Blogging the Boys this past week that Aiden Davis wrote, looking at when the Cowboys could clinch the NFC East. And based on 538's you know, playoff odds and projected wins and things like that, it looks like week 14 is the mark. Do you think that that will hold true? Do you think that by week 14, which is the Cowboys' first game against Washington, that they will have some hats and T-shirts? Uh, to answer your question about the Chiefs, I would say yeah, like 6-7. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I would keep in mind with them is that we've seen Andy Reid, or at least I've seen Andy Reid. Maybe <laughs> maybe you don't remember, but Andy Reid, there have been times where like his team's getting the funk, and they see him like they're kind of left for dead, and then he rallies them and he brings sure. them back. So like they're you can't just say like they're dead and done, they're buried. No, that's not really how it really works with Andy Reid. I mean, it might be, but I'm just saying like you can't just assume that's definitely going to be the case. So I think the Chiefs will still be, you know, it's not like a. a, a, a Walk to the park, you know, it's not like an easy win. I think you can't I, just like. I agree. I was going to say Andy Reid is somebody like he has Patrick Mahomes now. So people kind of lean on that. That dude has gotten it done like a billion different ways. I don't know if I've ever told you this. One of my all time favorite non Cowboys players in NFL history is Jeff Garcia. And I will never like Andy, <laughs> Andy Reid got Jeff Garcia paid like relative to 2007 yeah. paid. You know what I mean? And got Jeff Garcia to a point where the Bucks signed him. I mean, like he revived Jeff Garcia's career to a huge extent, but like you know, finds found ways to keep the ship afloat. And so I don't think that they'll, I don't think the chiefs are like washed. You're going to miss the playoffs. I don't really think they'll lose to the giants on Monday night football. We'll get there. But, um, but that, that game looks certainly far less intimidating from the Cowboys perspective than it did at season's beginning. Uh, The other question, week 14, do you think it's possible that the Cowboys really wrap it up by then? I'll get into that, but first I have to mention oh. you like Jeff Garcia, but Jeff Garcia once upon a time beat the Cowboys on Christmas. Also, was, that was the very first game I ever went to with my dad. Uh, we had <laughs> we were literally front row tickets. I have a picture right next to me uh, here in my office where I record, and it was an awesome time, awesome game. I'll never forget. Uh, do you remember the show Heroes on NBC? Did you ever watch that? Yeah, show? of course. Uh, save the remember- cheerleaders, save the world. Right. They had these T-shirts on our chairs that uh, I forget what it said, but it was like I started watching the show specifically because I got that free T-shirt. So that was a great game. Great time. Great experience. Uh, I've told a really good show like for a time. Dude, for a that, time. First, that first season was so good. But um, I've told a story before about a Tony Romo autograph I got uh, that trip. But that's a whole different – well, maybe an, an, an off-season episode of ours. Uh, but, yeah, Jeff Garcia, that was one of the, the more painful losses I've ever had as a Cowboys fan. 
And then I don't know if you know this, but he played a role in 44 to 6 as well, where I believe he was on the Bucks at that time. And the Bucks were like big uh, favorites against like a terrible Raiders team, like oh, Demarcus and they, Russell. And they lost and, and kept yeah. that game. Yeah, I, cause, because yeah. The, the week before in week uh, 16, the Cowboys lost what was their final game at Texas Stadium to the Ravens. And the next day needed that Buccaneers loss to give that week 17 game against Philadelphia meaning for the teams involved, obviously, and then 44 to six and everything. So, so but the Cowboys are five and one and the Eagles suck. So, I mean, that's really, this is your favorite player. No, I said he's one of, I just love the way he plays. Like he he, (laughs) played, he was so awesome. He was so cool. I ran into him. I ran into a couple of years ago. He is still shredded. Like that dude is insane, but okay. Uh, Week 14, BLG, get to the point. Jeez. (laughs) couple detours there uh yeah i mean how is it not possible i mean who in the nfc's here is going on a run um maybe if washington had somehow pulled off that game in green bay which we'll talk about a little bit um like the giants aren't going to do anything just because they beat freaking sam darnold who sucks so bad he's he's terrible he just doesn't also like that that's just the eagles like doing well by the nfc east like that could um he should like the eagles winning that game i think it seemed like at the time, like it had some meaning, like, oh, maybe the Eagles defense, you know, can kind of do some good thing. No, like that is nothing. It means nothing. Like that game means, no- it means Sam Donald stinks. He's terrible. Um, so, you know, I don't think the Eagles are about to go on a run, RJ. They're pretty bad. They're, they're really, they're, in fact, they're really awful. Um, so, yeah, why not? I think, you know, the NFC East really isn't even interesting for the Cowboys in the sense of like, you know, the bigger things about jockeying for the positioning, one seed or two seed or whatever. Um, uh, the Eagles have the easiest schedule remaining in the league in theory. So, you know, maybe that delays it a little bit and not perfectly week 14, which really is crazy. Like that's so early. Um, you know, how many teams do that? Like when is the last time a team did that? I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure it hasn't been maybe too far, but it's been a while in the NFC East, right? Like when's the last time the NFC East was wrapped up? Because it's usually just been bad and teams are in it to the end. One of our podcasters, uh, Dan Rogers, mentioned this on one of our dailies this week at BTB on our network, that when the Cowboys have won the division, generally the last, you know, three or four times, you know, there's always been somebody on their heels. In 2018, the Eagles were right there, obviously, and it it went down to that that Amari Cooper game winner in overtime. Uh, In 2016, they did kind of run away with it. But, you know, the Giants were a playoff team that year and did sweep the Cowboys, to be fair. Uh, in 2014, it, we've talked about this many times. It went down to that game in Philadelphia, the Nolan Carroll game, the Des Bryant game, et cetera. Um, you know, the three years before that, 11 through 13, the division, you know, granted had three different winners, went down to week 17, you know, the final. Eagles, Cowboys, right? Eagles, Cowboys, yeah. Washington, Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys lost all three of them. Shout out Jason Garrett, of course. Uh, 2009, when the Cowboys won the division, the Eagles won the, or wore a wild card team, went to Dallas. Donovan McNabb played the air guitar. That was awesome um and uh got their teeth kicked in so it really has and even 2007 when the cowboys were you know people think this is their most complete team since then uh offensively and defensively but the giants were a playoff team won the super bowl beat the cowboys in the playoffs so it's been a long time since you know the cowboys at least have just been in the driver's seat and nobody else has even been in the car must be really sad for you how bad the eagles are i noticed you're wearing your uh Midnight green shirt there. I didn't re- notice this somehow this until midnight now. Midnight green. But, uh, yeah, so really. Midnight green. This actually, is- RJ actually is wearing a Kelly Green Eagles hat too. It's crazy. You can't see this on the you know it's audio pod, this but uh, a, really uh, Travis Matthew T-shirt happens to be green. This is like a uh, like lime green. I would say almost. It's hard for me to tell. Um, <laughs> what's what's your point here? I mean, yeah, the Cowboys are going to wrap this up. 
Um, I, I don't really have a point. I just wanted to say yeah. I do have one question for you before we get to the Washington football team. If you are a Cowboys fan, who do you want to win on Thursday night? The Arizona Cardinals or the Green Bay Packers? Um, I think you want. Well, I mean, it's hard. You know, we to. I'm, th- I'm thinking about it, like realistically too, and I think it's pretty clear that the Cardinals should win this game just because you know no Devonte Adams, pretty significant. Right. Um, where's the game again? Is it happening in Arizona? It is, it is in Arizona. Yes. Yeah. So you have that too. Um, I would say you want the Cardinals to win. You, I mean, you you want to keep Aaron Rodgers away from the number one seed. What about you? So we um, on the seven five zero one of our other shows on our network, Tony Casillas and I, we we it was Tony's birthday, so we did some birthday wishes. A lot of birthdays this this time of year, by the way, PLG. So, uh, but uh, you know, we played a hypothetical where the Cowboys were the three seed and said, who would you want to be the one and two seed in that? you know, reality in that hypothetical. And we actually said Arizona and Green Bay. We, we talked about L.A. Um, the Packers, the team of the Packers doesn't scare me. However, the narrative of going to Green Bay certainly terrifies me as a Cowboys fan. But like I've told you, it would be rather poetic for Aaron Rodgers' last game against the Packers to be in the divisional Cowboys. round against the Cowboys, against the head coach who ran out of town uh, and to lose. So, you know, that that would be that. But I think I want Arizona to win, too. I, I you know, I listen. I haven't heard all of uh, the podcast at the time of our recording, but I have heard part of it. And I heard uh, Benjamin Solak make a great point. And I think you agree. I, I wanted to see the Cardinals play the Packers, right? Like because I think we're, we're all like, you know, like half believing in them and we needed this to kind of really believe. And so it's unfortunate that we won't get the chance to. And I think it actually works against the Cardinals because if they were to lose, we would dunk on them and be like, see, you couldn't even beat the Packers without Devontae Adams, whatever. Uh, but, but you know, who knows? But I think I want Arizona to win too, just because Green Bay is terrifying. If I'm being totally honest A quick thing it. on the Cardinals, just to follow up here. Um, I saw, um, I believe it was Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. That, I don't know if you saw this. They had like really incredible fumble luck this season. They're recovering like something like a very high 80% of their fumbles. So that's kind of interesting to watch is like a regression thing. I mean, right. I still think they're good, obviously. Um, but they've been getting some, you know, good fortune too, which is not like, I mean, that's what good teams do in the NFL. Right. They're not usually only good, but they also get some good luck too. Kind of mixes all together. Uh, so I think the Cardinals are pretty good. You know, you look at their schedule. They like they house Tennessee in Week One in Tennessee. They they kick house the crap the out of the Browns. Yeah, yeah, like like they're not bad. Like you know what I mean? They maybe are they unbeatable? Yeah, no, the Rams but I, too. Know. Like that gets overlooked yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're legit. And now they got Zach Ertz, and I think that's a big deal. I mean, he was looking good for them already in Houston, in and you know it's the Texans, whatever. But still, um, I think he makes that team even better. So it'll be interesting. Um, my question for you is like, what is your biggest concern at this point? Because I think everything is like smooth sailing right now for the Cowboys. Like, what worries you the most that can kind of undo the season, or I don't know anything? Are there any concerns? What's the biggest one? So I think. If, if there's a team who's saying there aren't any concerns, you know, enjoy the bumpy ride that's that's coming. But for me, you you mentioned the regression for the fumble recovery rate for the Cardinals. And you're right. Like, that's that's a bit of a luck thing. But a lot of good teams do kind of create their own luck. For me, it's the insane, insanely timed turnovers almost like the Trayvon Diggs pick six against New England. Like. It, it is strange, and we've talked about this several times, how he's kind of like willing this into existence at this point. And, and but you can't count on that. Like you just it's gonna dry up. It, it would yeah, it would be irresponsible to count on that. And so this defense, I think there is this like misconception, like, oh, the Cowboys defense is awesome. It's it's good and it's 
far better than it has been, especially in years that they have had success. I'm going to write something later this week at our site about uh, comparing the Cowboys offense and defense this year through the lens of EPA compared to years where they've had success. And there's no question that they are far more well-rounded than they've been since the mid nineties, obviously when they had a lot of success, we'll see how that translates. But um, it, their, their defensive moments are just like perfect. They're perfectly placed and you can't, you know, you can't count on that. And so I, I worry that they'll be gashed and they'll just put themselves too far behind or, you know, Dak will go and, and, you know, give them a lead and then their defense won't be able to hold a game-winning drive or game-tying drive that sends it overtime and the team wins the coin toss. Like, weird, fluky things like that. So I, I would say that regression would happen, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, because that's been the difference. Like, we've, we've known for years that the Cowboys offense can be very, very, very good, and we've seen that sustain itself. It's obviously been incredible, but they're getting help on the other side of the ball. If that were to bottom out, then they're just the type of good they've been before, which hasn't been enough. Why don't we move on to the Washington football team, RJ? Terry McLaurin is so awesome, and I'm so sad for him that he is trapped by this team. And Taylor Heineke scored. I hate the way the NFL is officiating these things now. I, I thought Dak Prescott scored against New England. I thought Dak Prescott scored against Philadelphia. I thought Taylor Heineke scored against Green Bay. I don't think that would have made a difference. I do think that their defense got to Aaron Rodgers a little bit early on. And that was, in a weird way, kind of impressive. Um, I don't know that it bodes well for them going forward. Ron Rivera said that Ryan Fitzpatrick would have an MRI in two weeks. It does kind of seem like he is going to play a minority of games for them this season. It's just, I mean, I don't know that it's even fair to call this a lost year for them, dude. Like, it's it's just a year. Like they're, Like, it's they're just existing. That's all they're doing. They're just existing in space right now. Yeah, the game was obviously closer than the final score indicated in this one. I mean, if it was closer, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would have come through anyway. But um, yeah, it's kind of some bad luck for Washington. I think that play where a quarterback dives for the goal line and isn't touched but gets ruled down, to me, that is the worst rule in the nfl not the rule where not the if you die at the end zone or yeah, whatever not if you die yeah. towards the pylon and lose, lose control everyone knows oh, everyone the, the unanimous worst rule in sports like everyone always says that when that happens that is not the worst rule i've been on this before that is not as bad as people make it out to be there's so many advantages for the offense in the nfl it's really not the end of the world that the defense gets like one thing that kind of helps them out a little bit like so anyway uh but that's not the point of the discussion it just like i hate rules that exists for the sake of the rule. Like there's no practicality to it. Well, like there's the, like along this line, I hate that. And I always think of Drew Brees that a quarterback can like just jump up and break the plane. Right. Like, and then have literally have the ball like knocked out of their hands. It's like, Oh, touchdown. He broke the invisible plane, but like something like the Taylor Heineke thing can happen or the Dak Prescott thing. It happens to a lot of people. And then that's not a touchdown. You know, like, even though like the ball stays in their possession, I I understand the logic behind it, but I hate it. I don't I don't think that so that was the second one, right? On the two drives that the Washington that was like when they were at the three and he snuck it or whatever and he didn't I, I think that's legit. That was not a touchdown to me. But the other one where he's diving like towards the you know, the goal line and he gets ruled down because he was down, like his knee was down. Uh, even though he wasn't touched, like, that's just dumb. Like sure. there needs to be something like, we, the, okay. So I get why that rule exists in terms of like, it's to, to protect the quarterback. And I think that makes sense, but like that rule shouldn't apply within like the five yards to the goal line. Like that yeah. rule shouldn't like, you shouldn't get like quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure would willing to like give up that protection as long as it, like, we'll like, we'll give that up. Cause this actually happened to the Eagles back in 20, 
18, I believe week two, Carson Wentz like dove for the goal line against the Falcons. And I believe it was like on fourth and goal and he didn't get it because he was giving himself up. Like right. that, how do you even say that as a ref? Like how do you logically say like, oh, the player wasn't actually trying to score the touchdown? What are you talking about? It's fourth down. Of course he's trying to, get, that's, that's the point. That's the, that's the objective. How is he giving himself up? He's not giving himself up. Like you're just calling that because it's a letter of the law, not because it's practical at all. So right. that was pretty dumb. Um, I like Washington fans absolutely have, you know, a fair gripe about that one, but they wouldn't have won the game. Like, I mean, like we're, yeah. that doesn't take away from the truth of what you said. Um, but I mean, still like, dude, this team is, is really, really not good. So I have a question and it's just, I, I'm not saying I think this just throwing stuff out for discussion. Is there any possibility that Ron Rivera doesn't return in 2022? I mean, it's Washington, so anything is on the table, honestly. But I don't think so. I think there's a case, you know, I think the, the argument is going to be made that, like, he hasn't had his chance to really ideally uh, find a quarterback. And obviously, he was given a bad hand having to deal and basically had, like, it was forced to start. It seemed like Dwayne Haskins. Like, that wasn't his right. guy, obviously. But, like, the owner well, really wanted him to. He's dealt with that. all of the off-the-field things, too. And I think he's he's probably handled that as the team's coach better than most people would. I mean, to, to his credit, certainly. Um, but... I, dude, like, just like, what is, what is, like, what do you like about this team? Like, if, if, if they call you up, said BLG, you can have anything on this team. Like, obviously, you take Chase Young, but like, if, if you, you could yeah. have any quality of this team, like, what do they, what do they have that you are envious of? Not a lot. I mean, I think Taylor Henneke would actually be a good backup. I think, like, for most teams, that'd be a nice backup mm. quarterback to have. Yeah, he, I think he's, he's, shown a, he's some... another Gardner Minshew, the way Philly has. Yeah. Like, he's, he yeah, seems kind of fun. Great. Again, for, a backup, not your, your full-time starter. Um, so they have that going for them. Uh, I mean, like, not really in a position where the Washington – or, uh, yeah, Washington was going to give him up. But like, I'd much rather trade a six-round pick for him than freaking Joe Flacco. I have no idea what the Jets are doing. That is so stupid. And a rare good move by Howie Rosman. So good job, <laughs> Howie. You did it. You fleeced uh, your former uh, protege teammate. Yeah, and uh, Joe Douglas. Um, looking at Washington's schedule here. I think they have enough going for them that, like, you know, they're not om- they're not going to win no more games. Like, they could potentially beat the Broncos. They'll beat Denver. They will definitely beat yeah. Denver. They could beat the Panthers. Uh, the Seahawks will see. Probably if not they, with Russell. If back. they do beat the Panthers, then the Panthers will have gotten swept by the worst division in the NFL last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. ev- every Panthers fan, however, you know, smart or dumb this was when they got their schedule set or when they looked at the 2021 opponent and said oh we'll sweep the NFCs you know what I mean every single Panthers fan said that and they are on the verge of being swept by them that's embarrassing then they get the Eagles twice and the Giants again so I think they can get to like five more wins maybe finish with seven on the year which isn't great and it's actually the same that they had last year although one more loss uh so yeah that's where they are they still have two primetime games remaining unless they're Why? I mean <laughs> I was going to say, unless their primetime game against the Cowboys is flexed out, but there's no, I mean, the Cowboys are involved, so they won't. Um, the other well, one is, is Monday Night Football. Well, there's also one here that I don't know if you're seeing against the Eagles that is not actually set in stone yet. Oh, on the you're 19th. right. The, that's the week of Christmas, I believe. Uh, oh, no, yeah, no, no. So that's a, but that's a Saturday or Sunday. So that could be played on, on one or the other day, depending. So th- I bet you that's like the Saturday three o'clock game. That you know, uh, people that because that, that's the that's the Saturday the 18th, I believe, of December. So BLG, your Christmas shopping is going to be ruined. You won't be able to do it because you're going to be shopping or you're going to be covering this game. My thinking was they were going to actually just hide it on a Sunday. Like they're going to bury it in mm. all the Sunday games. As like like if, they were, if these teams were, 
yeah, if these teams were good, they would put it on Saturday because then it's more of like a feature, a highlight. I don't think they want to like have this really bad game in the spotlight, but at least I hope so. I hate I hate a Saturday NFL game. I really do. I, I don't I'm not a fan of that. Well, we've talked about this before offline. For our line of work, you have one day that, that you get yeah. to, you know, relax That's why I hate it. or or, you know, run your errands or do things around the house, like whatever. And it's Saturday. So it's it's enough of a chore when it's there's a Saturday NFL game and you've just got to watch it and pay attention to it, you know, whatever. But maybe you can you can go watch it at a, a restaurant or something like that. You can kind of two birds, one stone it. But if it's your team, you're screwed. Um, so, you know, but hey, imagine having to have that experience every Thanksgiving, BLG, since you think it's some benefit for the Cowboys that they get to play on Thanksgiving every year. I mean, it is not a benefit necessarily <laughs> for you, but it's a benefit for the team. Uh, anyway. Speaking of the team, the Washington football team is in um, some bad shape. Uh, I Like I said, Terry McLaurin had the drop last week. or I don't even know if you could call it a drop. Hit his helmet. Uh, that dude's so awesome, though. Like He is so much fun to watch, but I mean, he is trapped. Didn't have him on your all-NFC's team. Look, I could admit that I was wrong. Um, I do have him on my fantasy team. We are five and two. I know everybody cares. Uh, so, you know, congrats to me. And like, he's guys. better than Michael Gallup. Come on. Yeah. I don't, like, I, I still yes, he think, is. Oh, my I, gosh. I think, he, I think he is. But I think that, like, the reason I, I, re- I reached that point in the answer is because I still think you're underrating Michael Gallup. But Terry McLaurin is awesome. I think Michael Gallup is a pretty good number two. But I, I, mean, I think McLaurin's number one. And I also think that if McLaurin had the benefit of playing with other, you know, talented receivers too, which he really doesn't, we'd see that more. Um, where I think Gallup is good, but I also think he benefits from, you know, getting to play with CD and Amari. A few quick things. One, the Cowboys did or do plan to return Michael Gallup to practice this week, uh, opening his 21-day window to return from injured reserve. Two, um, I don't know if you've seen this while we're recording BLG, but with the owners' meetings happening, there's little news things being dropped. Uh, But uh, the Combine next year in February will be in Indianapolis. But you've seen, obviously, that uh, there has been discussion that the Combine could move. The 2023 NFL Combine, BLG, is up for bid between Indianapolis, Los Angeles, and Dallas. So the Cowboys might be hosting the Combine in, I don't know, 15 or so months. No, more than that, like like 19 months. So hmm. be, be pumped. Uh, la- last thing, yeah. last thing, last thing, and then we'll go to break. Is there any move that an NFC East team made that has like that was that has so underdelivered relative to hype than Washington signing Curtis Samuel? Um no. Because that was the thing. Like, oh, I mean, man, oh. he he was so awesome, and now nothing. Yeah, I thought that. I never got that. I was never. I never. I picked him as my most overrated Washington ball team offensive player. I believe heading into the season. Uh, I think you could argue Adore Jackson. You know, that's definitely mm. not been a good signing I, for the Giants. I don't want to argue that because we hyped that up. So like that makes us look dumb. So okay. I mean, I liked Adore Jackson. Like his profile. Uh, in a vacuum, I didn't love the contract necessarily. Like the Eagles, you know, were in the mix for him, and I, I wasn't like, mm. I wasn't like, oh man, the Giants got him, and I'm so bummed. Like I didn't want to pay that contract. I think he would have been a nice player to take like a one year deal kind of on because of his situation, and he was coming off this uncertainty. Like definitely a guy, even if it's a high priced one, like a 14 million, whatever, 50 million, like one year. But like to give him multiple years is a little suspect by well, a suspect general manager. We will get to the suspect general manager in just a moment. But before we do, we have to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. And before we do that, we have to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Welcome back, BLG. You left during the break. What did you do? 
I sat here and that's ruining the illusion. I a, said that you left. Why did? Why would you? I just said. I said yeah, I did. Oh, I sat here though, and I I wasn't done. I sat here. I rolled away on my rolly chair that there I actually go. do have to show you as I'm getting further away from the microphone, so I had to yell louder, maybe, to so you can hear my voice on the podcast. And yeah, I started knitting. I actually don't knit, but my grandmother knits, and she's really good at it. So shout out to her. Has she ever knitted you something before? She has. She's made me a scarf or two. She made my mom a nice winter hat. She's like really good. She's very, very, she, for a while, she was knitting for, I think, um, uh, babies, like newborns in the hospital. So that was really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Shout out to BLG's grandma. Um, It is the week of Halloween, BLG. So I'm legally obligated to, you know, since we have a show and a podcast, we have to do the like, ha ha, Halloween thing. So, uh, <laughs> what's that? What, what is your favorite <laughs> Halloween candy? Candy. Uh, I love a candy corn. I really do. It's a very divisive opinion. I I'm know people you. are like, oh, candy corn. It sucks. Like what are you talking corn. about? But it, I, it's like, it it's also very bad. much like, it's but it's not also very much amazing. But it, if people act like it tastes horrible, it doesn't. Yeah. And also, oh, it's like a Halloween candy, right? right. Like, it's definitively like, like you could say, snickers or whatever you can have that any time of year you can't just have candy corn at any time of the year and have it be a halloween it's like it's an actual halloween kind of themed and there's the not only the candy corn then there's like the mini pumpkins too which are like made out of the same you know sugar stuff whatever yeah yeah it's like the same texture and everything it's just a different shape uh and coloring whatever it's a little pumpkin instead of the corn but uh i think they're fun and they're really good um if we're talking about actual you know it's like what's my favorite candy in general and stuff i like like something with peanut butter so i, I love like a reese's cup like mm-hmm. a twix um i think i'd go reese's cup number one if you're asking me just just one but i like Another i like that kind take. of stuff uh so yeah so more like i guess that as opposed to fruity i do like don't get me wrong i love like sour patch kids those are my number one if we're talking about sour slash fruity stuff what about you uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, definitely number one. Also like candy yep. corn. Um, I will amend the question this way. Um, and maybe your answer is Sour Patch Kids. But if I'm going to a movie, like if I'm at a movie theater, I want, so I want something in a box. Like I don't want Reese's peanut butter cups for that. You know what I'm saying? If I'm, if I'm right. in that environment, I want bunch yeah. of crunch. That's what I want in the movie theater. Oh my gosh. That's exactly what I was going to say too. That's, <laughs> but that's like, that's such a good movie snack though, because yeah. it's all about like the pacing. You don't want something. Yeah. You can't eat like Reese's peanut butter cups. Cause like you're just totally going to eat those and you're done. And then like, now what? You're just sitting here watching a movie with nothing. You want something you can kind of like graze on. Maybe I'm taking this a step too far. Maybe you will actually also be like, dude, exact same. Cause we're kind of having the stepbrothers. Like, did we just become best friends <laughs> thing happen here? Um, the other great thing about bunch of crunch, and this is also true for certain things and maybe true for Sour Patch kids to a degree you got i want some that i could just like eat and munch on whatever but then i want one that i can let sit on my tongue and dissolve mm. you know what i'm saying like and just you know yeah. k- kind of slow roll like a bunch of crunch allows for that yeah i'm i think that's fine uh, i think there's different uh experiences that you can have with different kind of foods in terms of like you know pace of you're eating them how you're eating them maybe one at a time maybe a mouthful whatever like, i think that's fair um like sometimes i like to take like a cheese it like a single cheese it and kind of just like suck on that maybe that's mm, gross like i dissolve. just like kind of have yeah. it have, yeah, like have it just dissolve as opposed to just like chomping on them. I, I, I just like I feel like you get more flavor that way. I'm like savoring yeah. it as opposed to trying to just like mindlessly eating a ton of them. So well, I'm, I'm very much into that. Sometimes you have to hear the dialogue too that's happening. And if there's too much crunching going on in, in your own mouth, you know what I'm saying? Mm. You're overriding the, the audio. But um, on mm. Monday Football Monday, one of the shows I co-host on the Espination NFL show, go subscribe to that feed as well. I asked Pete Sweeney for his favorite Halloween candy. He said Almond Joy. 
which was really weird. I know that was, uh, and he said yeah. it so fast too. And I was like, well, no wrong. Yeah. Afterwards he defended himself by saying that I put him on the spot, but it's like, nah, dude, like if you pulled that from the hip that quickly, like you believe yeah. it. Um, he, he wasn't like, uh, uh, almond joy. Like he, yeah. you asked him and he just like shot it out. Mm-hmm. And the almond joy answer is the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, equivalent for the season. It sucks. It's mm. terrible. It's awful. Um, I, <laughs> I, I I cannot believe that Derek Carr had over the ninety a ninety percent completion percentage. I cannot believe that the Eagles allowed this to happen. Thirty one of thirty four, <laughs> RJ. Real quick on the candy thing. If you oh. want to get in on the conversation with your favorite candy sure. and tell us what you like, you can tweet at us at Brandon Yotton and then at RJ Ochoa on Twitter, or, or leave your answer in the reviews and we'll read it. Down. Or leave your answers in the review. And if you want to tweet at us, you can also use the hashtag. What's well, a good hashtag, RJ? NFC. Um, uh, I would say I would say mixtape candy. Just let's mixed, keep it that simple. Hashtag hashtag mixtape candy. Okay, so you can do that so if you want. BLG has deflected from the Eagles getting destroyed by the Raiders. Long. Oh ago. no, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this. Yeah, trust me, I'm not trying to avoid this. I'm not trying to be like a Pete Sweeney here and avoid talking about the Chiefs. I very mm-hmm. much enjoy. He has ruined both. Both of you have ruined trash talking your teams. Like, and you've ruined it because you've gotten so like <laughs> desolate about it. Pete is Cynical, so yeah. Pete is so sad. Like, I I can't you know bag on the chiefs because i i feel like when i scold my dog you know what i mean like i just I, it doesn't feel right and he's just so like whimpered out about it but you know it will be a lot better after the cowboys beat them by 30 but that's a few weeks away from now the eagles got beat almost by 30 it felt like to the raiders yeah that's that's a good way to kind of put it there's different levels of being like you know bummed out or disappointed whatever with your team losing i mean again like not to pat myself on the back here, RJ, but this is what I expected heading into the year. I didn't think the Eagles were going to be a very good team. I thought they could actually beat the Raiders. Like I, I took the Raiders to win, but then I was like, okay, like I don't think they're quite as good as they're being made out to be. Like they're four and two, but they like the second worst point differential of any uh, four and two team. Darren Waller was like unexpectedly ruled out. Like that, the that day was before. so. If you lose to a team without one of the best <laughs> skill position players, that like you are trash trash and unexpectedly too it wasn't like you know like they knew he's gonna be out like he was gonna play when i saw saturday yeah when i saw that i and maybe you've had one of these moments i kind of thought like did i not see this at all this week like was was i not paying attention that like darren waller was like you know in the mix to be out like it it kind of it was like the rug coming out from under me right so you get like this fortuitous big break like that and like and also uh, on paper it seemed like the eagles had some good matchups in terms of like the raiders offensive line is really banged up right now they have right. two uh both their starting guards i believe in, are on ir and the offensive line isn't like great to begin with and also their defensive line like i, well, I you know max and then Crosby, the eagles ran the ball too like you know and then he <laughs> ran the ball success to start the game good opening script it's like okay like i don't know if they're definitely gonna win the game but it should be competitive mm-hmm. and it just wasn't they got like they got freaking blown out the, the defense is so toothless i think that's the only word you can use to perfectly describe it's just so weak rj like all the jonathan gannon's master plan is to like sit back and hope the other team makes a mistake like that's the plan it's like well we can just make sure that we don't get beat over the top teams can't consistently just go down drive after drive and he's kind of right when it comes to like a bad quarterback like Sam Darnold. Like that strategy can work, sure. or even kind of like Jimmy G, because it kind of did okay against him too. Or obviously, like in Matt Ryan, you know, a quarterback who's at the end of his rope. And also that week one Eagles game is like looking more and more like the Eagles just had this big advantage of new coaching staff 
and the Falcons just didn't know what to expect. I know the Falcons had a new yeah, staff. Yeah, they were a new staff too, but you're right. I but mean, you're but right. there was tape on Arthur Smith. Like he's been a play caller before. There wasn't there was never any tape on Nick Sirianni really as a full time play caller or Jonathan Gannon as a full time, you know, like uh leader of the defense. So um, you know, that was clearly a big benefit in week one and and since then just hasn't been the same. It's pathetic, man. The Eagles are in a pathetic place right now. It's so disheartening to be a fan of this team because, like, it wasn't the offseason for me. There's just no, like no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, you can you can say the draft picks, but everyone feels the same way of like, okay, they have these great draft picks, but number one, you don't have any faith, I believe, in the guy making those picks, Harry Roseman, to like get it right, and you don't have any faith in the, this coaching staff being the right coaching staff. And you don't have any faith in if this coaching staff is the wrong one and they need to get replaced, that how he's going to be able to identify the right staff and then hire that guy because they wanted Brandon Saley or they had interest in Brandon Saley. I saw you Brandon Saley didn't, yeah, he didn't even want to take the interview with them. Ultimately, he canceled the interview. I think he was always going to take the Chargers job because it's Justin Herbert. He didn't have to leave the market. But still, he didn't even interview. Like, he at least could have interviewed, and he didn't interview because of Howie Roseman's presence there. And it's not, this isn't like a situation where Brandon Staley went to the Chargers and like he's like overseeing all their personnel too. Like, it wasn't like that because Tom Telesco is in charge there and, and he has a lot of, you know, he's a reputation. Like, he's in control there. Um, so you have all that. And then uh, the other thing, when it, I'm, I'm trying to, I lost my train of thought there. So I gave you a lot to react to. So why don't you, you jump in there? I have some reactions. I also have some like kind of rapid fire questions here. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I, again, I saw you wrote about this and you weren't like, I don't think you were like, you know, misleading or anything, but I also think, you know, the Chargers kind of didn't want to let Brandon Staley out of the building. You know what I mean? Like, I think sure. that's, that's part of it. Like, it's, it's not like, and I know you didn't frame it this way, but it's not like 100% Howie Roseman's fault, you know, but it is telling that it would be at even like 1% involved in the equation. Um, so I agree with that. It's also not new, RJ. Like this has happened in the past. There was Chip Kelly originally turned down the Eagles in 2013 because of Howie Roseman's involvement. And I, he came back to the table because I think they kind of worked that out and be like, well, like, look, Howie's going to cede some power to you. You're going to have more say. So this has been a problem for a long time. Um, I I will say that and take this as like Cowboys homerism. But, you know, you know, just like you, you know, we're the same company. We all do similar sorts of articles. Did a rooting guide last week, right? Cowboys were off. So it's like, here's what you want to happen. And it was, hey, we're rooting for the Colts. You know, we're rooting for the Dolphins. We want to see those picks, you know, further, further, further back. And the general response is like, I don't care because Howie Roseman's still the guy in charge. Like, and again, some of that's just like Cowboys, like, you know, making fun, whatever. But it, it, there is some truth to that. I mean, like, I, I don't, I'm not bagging on the Devontae Smith pick, but like, I just like, there's nothing about this roster that intimidates me. I really like Jalen Hurts as a person, and I think you do too. And I think like a lot of people sometimes tend to like allow that to blur, you know, who they are as a player. And like, dude, the fumble that he had at the goal line, like, what is going on? Like, this is just like, I mean, there's just like a, a, a bad, not vibe or energy, but there's, it's just bad. It's just, he's a bad quarterback. He, he is one of the, five worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, although he still might be the second best quarterback in the division. I said going into the season that you have to assume or like you have to put him at the bottom. He's one of the worst starters in the league. That's one of the biggest reasons why I wasn't optimistic about the Eagles because they have one of the worst starters until he proves otherwise. And there's some stuff out there that like, you know, oh, it's only his 11th start. Jonathan Vilma said that on the broadcast, like as he was struggling on Sunday. And I'm like, when are we going to stop saying that? And we've talked about that before. So 
I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you certainly have the pulse of Eagles fans better than I do. It seems like you see this a lot with guys, like they have a hive, right? Like they have a hive of people that like, you know. Everyone. Like, well, and Jalen seems like he has a really strong hive. Like whether that's like people who are Alabama fans or, you know, just like him. Like Jalen Smith was like that for the Cowboys. Like no matter yeah. what happened, you still had people who would, you know, come out and cape for him, et cetera. And Jalen seems like that to me, which creates this like further level of divisiveness for, you know, Eagles fans. Because there's you got this section that's like, dude, he sucks. Like how can you not see this? And then you got this other section that's like, well, you you know, uh, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's look, Landon Dickerson starting. You know what I mean? Like he's he's dealing with like this terrible offensive line. Like how he can't build a roster. Like, you know, Lane Johnson wasn't playing. You know what I mean? Like just give him an offensive line. So like you have this like this. There's no like all this. Everyone's fighting with each other when it's it's management's fault, which is like a really unfortunate thing. I I'm not displeased about this, but like it's a really mm-hmm. sad thing for the state of the franchise. Which brings me to my rapid fire questions. One. Um, are you more invested in the Eagles? And I, I know the like real answer here, but like, you know, it's kind of a silly question. Are you more invested in the Eagles rest of their season or like rooting wise or rooting for the Colts to fail so that that first round pick is really high and the Dolphins? But I think we're more confident that the Dolphins will fail. Yeah, the picks. I want the picks as good as they all can be, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question. You mentioned, and I know you've talked about before how Nick Sirianni could be one and done if the, if Howie Roseman's looking for a new coach. If you had right now, who do you want? You can pick a, like of the people who look to be available, like if they're going to be available, like whatever. You can have, you can wave your magic wand right now. Who do you want? Yeah, it's tough for me because I just don't like. I think a lot of people are like, we just have to get the right coach, and that'll solve everything. And it's just not the case. And that's kind of across the board. It's not just like they're just a coach away or a quarterback away. I mean, a quarterback you know makes a big right. difference but there's still what, kind of I'm, issues after that for, what i kind of mean is like you you kind of like willed the Devonte smith pick into reality like you you said go yeah. like for for months like draft Devonte smith draft Devonte smith so like who's that yeah. guy like may, maybe you don't feel as strong of a conviction mm. but who is who is the closest thing at least you can get to that i'm gonna say kellen Moore, just because it'll make you upset if well, the eagles and the it, eagles interviewed him turned him down do, do you honestly yeah. wish that they had hired him now to at like um, this part of you wish at least I mean, I wanted Brandon Staley. I think that is who that I was wanted. Your I wasn't Smith, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I wasn't probably like as strong. I didn't know. I didn't really have a strong because I didn't think Doug should be gone. So I was still kind of working through that. And by the way, like, hey, Doug Peterson, not the only problem with the team. Uh, not that, again. I've said before, I don't think Doug was necessarily part of the solution too. But I, I'm pretty confident he'd be doing a better job than Nick Sirianni right now. I know that much. Um, how much better? I don't know, but not this bad. Um, I'm like off the top of my head. Um, so, you know, Seamus, who you know, RJ, and Bleeding Green Nation readers, listeners know, uh, contributes for us. He was asked kind of this question, I believe, in his mailbag today, and he brought up a Byron Leftwich. Like, I, I don't think I'd hate that. Yeah. Um, but, like, I honestly haven't dug deep yet into the – because I shouldn't have to. They just hired a new coach. I really what? have to, like, dig deep into new coaching candidates. I think your answer shouldn't be contingent upon any player, like because you should the head coach should stand on their own. But what if it's like what if you fast because sometimes this happens. Like look at Ron Rivera and Curtis Hamill. What if you get Byron Leftwich and then you get Chris Godwin in free agency? You know what I mean? Like the dominoes kind of fall in that way. I mean, like you know, hey, the reverse Jeff Garcia. The Bucks playing the Eagles back for Jeff Garcia. You know, fourteen years later. I think the problem. I think like going back to the next year any higher. One of the reasons I wasn't like all out on the move but i definitely i just again my focus just hasn't been on the head coach because it's just not the root of the issue and everyone else wants to focus on the head coach and i get it because that's like the most visible target for all your ire but like it's just the the issue it's like you're cutting off 
the flower on the weed and not the actual root. Mm. So this is going to grow back and be a problem. So like, why are we just wasting time on this? I think, but going back to like one of the things that kind of concerned me about Sirianni is like the Colts were never special, man. Like why did you, the Eagles wanted to be like the Colts. So, but like, why? Like, because Frank Reich is there. Like so what, what? That leads what me was, to my next hypothetical. Say, yeah, okay, say let's they, get into say it. They bottom out the Colts too, which isn't inconceivable. Like, and you, you've been calling it. They had some winnable games coming up, and they beat the 49ers, whatever. You know, whatever. Certainly, but uh, say they bottom out, right? Say Wentz implodes, whatever. It, Eagles get a top, I don't know, ten pick out of them. Frank Reich is fired. I mean, t- tell me at least that every Eagles fan wouldn't wouldn't like that would be in, in the Bleeding Green Nation comment section would be they need to hire Frank Reich. Frank Reich right now. Frank Reich needs to interview with his team yesterday. That would be all the comments. I would hate it just from the perspective. It's like no new ideas, like not it'd, everything. It'd be chasing the past. Be... Like yes. that's what the 49ers yeah. are doing right now. Like I was talking to stats about this. Who You can hear on the SB Nation NFL show, but like teams chase the past so much. And it feels like that's what they do with Nick Sirianni. Like they tried to chase a piece of Frank Reich. Which is so weird because it's just like, again, like, why did you want to be what the Colts had so badly? Like, what were they doing that was like, we need to have a piece of this? Like, we like, I, you get it. Like, if it's like, you know, the Cowboys offense is really good right now, you'd want some of that. Or like the Buccaneers, they're like winning right. the Super Bowl and a really good off. Like, I, oh, I want a piece of that. Like, or the Chiefs, you know, they're like, like you can see why those things would be appealing. Or Brandon like, Staley, never, the Rams defense. Or, yeah, the yeah. best defense in the other. Yeah, I, I want that. Give me that. Like, sometimes I think that even is misguided to think that way because it's a little too like one for one, doesn't work that simply but at least i can like understand what you were looking at there but i don't understand what they're looking at with nick sirianni i think part of it is that they can't their their coaching you know market was limited because uh brandon silly turned them down brian dable turned them down so they were working you know with a limited pool here and it, uh, we all know it kind of came down to like josh mcdaniels who may might have good like offensive football acumen but like really suspect as an ability to like lead a team and everything and nick sirianni so that's where it was, and here we are. Um, yeah, the man. most and, other depressing thing did, that sorry, I wanted to did, get to. The last thing, didn't they ahead. wait to fire Doug Peterson too? Like they kind of they yeah. they they delayed putting themselves in the coaching cycle, you know, which was another disadvantage. But okay, your last I think thing. by like a week too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because- it was like the Cowboys when they fired like quote unquote fired Jason Garrett. They like dragged it out forever after the season ended. And they, it was reported that it was coming back at one point uh, for for Doug. Um, last thing I had is like, there's no clear path to getting a new quarterback on this team. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's why some people are so invested in Jalen Hurts because it would just be so simple if he was the guy and nice and like it would just be like a relief because then you can use those picks to build around him. Like, if it's not Jalen Hurts, who's it going to be? Because I'm probably not going to be Gardner Minshew. Um, maybe Gardner Minshew might be better than Jalen Hurts, but like you're not still not contending. It's a nice backup um, or l- low level starter. But like if it's not those guys, then there's no surefire answer in the draft. Uh, assuming you even get the pick high enough, or then have to trade up to get the guy. I think I like Matt Coral from what I've seen early on, but like I don't know that you know he's going to be elite starter in the NFL, and that should be the goal. And then you also don't like there's no guarantee they can get Russell Wilson or right. who has a no trade clause or Aaron Rodgers. Like there's just no guarantee. There's no like clear path to them getting a quarterback, even though they have these picks to work with, which is why like, I think they were so interested in Deshaun Watson, even though with all the issues, because they knew that they knew like, we don't have an easy answer here to get a quarterback. Right. This is like our best chance to get one. Like we have to do this, but Deshaun Watson doesn't want to come to Philly. So they're just in a bad spot. Last thing before we move on to the giants. Um, is there, I don't, I don't think you could say at what point, but would should there be a point 
where you say, you know what, let's start Gardner Minshew. Let's just see. You know what I mean? Like, like that. That I feel like that has to happen at a certain. Like I don't know. I don't know what that point is. Like I don't know if it's like when you're mathematically eliminated. I don't know if there's just a point where you like Nick Sirianni feels comfortable. But like if if they stay this bad, if they you know are this bottom five team, bottom ten team, whatever, and they just never play Gardner Minshew, that's really irresponsible. I think the Joe Flacco trade. I, I talked about this on the SB Nation NFL show. So. So apologies for repeating myself here if you listen to that as well. But if you didn't, uh, go listen to it anyway. Uh, I think, you know, the Joe Flacco trade is obviously about getting anything for a player who didn't make sense to be on your roster ever in any situation. But I also think it would be naive to think it's not about setting the wheels in motion for Gardner Minshew to take over at some point, potentially not guaranteed. Um, if Jalen Hurts turns it around, plays really well, then obviously he will stay in the game. But uh, I think if Jalen Hurts continues at the rate he has been on, the pace he's been on, like the on-track kind of uh, pace, whatever, uh, then he will be sat down. And I think there is some sense to it from multiple reasons. One, because like at some point, Jalen Hurts is, is who he is, and you're not learning anything. And like this is also, for as much as this is a football team, it's also an entertainment product, and fans are just going to tune out if it's Jalen Hurts looking the same week in and week out. And I think there is an argument to be made. You want to see what a different quarterback might look like in Nick Sirianni's offense and see how much of it is the offense and how much of it is the quarterback. To be clear, I think it's both. And I also think it'll still be the issue when Gardner Minshew, if slash when Gardner Minshew comes in. So I think there's some value more than none to playing him. And it should happen probably at some point. And also it's part of the, just because I'm, I'm curious to see what it would look like because I'm really not learning anything. I feel like more about Jalen Hurts. Uh, like, so I wanted to, to bring up this tweet earlier when we were talking about him and the people kind of defending him. Uh, it was something from Randy Mueller, who does work for the athletic and everything. And he tweeted, after looking at the coaching tape versus Las Vegas, I'm going to make a case for Jalen Hurts. He is doing what they are asking him to do. Unless the staff expands their dropback game, the results won't change. I mean, the Eagles coaching staff is asking Jalen Hurts to throw behind Devontae Smith like three times to like his feet one time. And he's also asking him to like have really terrible accuracy and overthrow Quez Watkins down the field. And he's asking him to like hold the ball uh, or hold on to the ball longest in the NFL. Like, I doubt it. I believe Jalen Hurts is struggling more than just because of the coaching staff here. He's a limited talent. We said this before. Uh, so uh, I do think it is very possible that he gets benched in not like. Mm, I don't know. I think it could, in theory, happen as soon as this week. If he goes out and he's like has a disaster first half against the Lions, I don't think it's impossible. Um, but I'm going to say maybe more so like week, you know, like twelve or whatever in the team, yeah, somewhere like in the team, right around Thanksgiving. I think is kind of the time. Um, I will tell you now. I'm picking the Lions to win, and I know that you're not like that's impossible. It's ridiculous. But uh, two quick things, BLG, just that have happened while we're recording. Just you know, give everyone a peek at how the sausage is made. Uh, the Cowboys placed Brent Urban and Maurice Kennedy on injured reserve. Neither things are really surprising, but you know, for Cowboys fans listening, it happened while we were recording. Lyle Collins is set to practice for the first time on Wednesday. BLG, his suspension is over, and not necessarily really related to the nfc east but you know nfl news and you know we talked about thursday night alan lazard green bay packers wide receiver placed on the reserve COVID 19 list obviously Devontae adams was placed on there on monday so um you know that's it it made sense or you know can certainly make sense of it uh but uh but yeah so that's that uh the new york giants what kind of sausage um the sausage is made i I mean, I like jalapeno sausage. Like any, if you tell me, yeah, but we talked about like the 
crumbly kind or the form factor here? Oh, like the form. Yeah. I actually, yeah. Uh, tonight for dinner, for Game 1 of the World Series, I'm having brats. Pretty mm. pumped about this. Nice. You a brat guy? Uh, yeah. Not against it. How do you dress it? You, you've got a brat in a bun. Like, what, what are you putting on it? Like, you know, you're you're one of those sickos that puts like a billion things on all the stuff you eat. I've seen your Instagram. Um, <laughs> like, like, what are you even referring to there? What would that even be? I don't even know what every, you're. Everything you eat looks so complicated. It looks like it takes an okay. hour to prepare. So, I mean, that, that's what I mean by that. But so my my question to you is: You have a brat in a bun. Like, what what's you're sitting down to eat? What does this look like? What's on the brat? What kind of? What's your side? Is it chips, fries, sweet potato fries? Like, what's your thing? Here? um is the bun toasted like you know i think like a sauerkraut um i'm not even a big sauerkraut guy but a little bit on you know a brat and also maybe like a little bit of mustard i'm not even a big mustard guy i don't even like these things but with the brat it kind of works for me something about the brat brings it out i don't even know if i need a lot though uh what are you putting on there ketchup no that's just, this is terrible take ketchup <laughs> so i love chicago I think it's a great city. Oh, I, I don't have a passionate take on this like hot dog ketchup thing. Like I don't. That's they you know. don't allow ketchup in the city of Chicago, and they do it right because ketchup is it's just too sweet, man. It's like candy. It's just not. It's just not I will, right. I will say this on the subject of this: brats are awesome. Obviously, having them for dinner, go Astros. I actually don't like hot dogs. Like hot dogs are just. I've never had a hot dog I've enjoyed. I don't think that's like a crazy take. I think like because the you know the concept of a hot dog isn't like necessarily appetizing or fun to think about when you're really thinking about like what you're eating. But like, and I don't like necessarily have to have them. But I think they're nice. I kind of like one at a barbecue. I like a hot dog. Mm, no, you're wrong. Uh, the New York mm. Giants. Daniel Jones had the catch seen, heard around the world. Again, we've talked about the Panthers and how fraudulent they are. Big big time frauds. Carolina Panthers are. Um, the, you know, the Giants, you know, I remember tweeting out, I don't know, about a month ago uh, when they were, I think, 0-3, um, tweeting out their next 10 games. And people thought, oh, man, this team's going 0-13 or for whatever it was. But then they beat the Saints. That was kind of shocking. So they've beaten the Panthers. They play on Monday night football this coming week. What a treat for us, BLG, that we get to watch. They're doing the Manning cast next week. Right? They're not missing the opportunity to do Giants and Mahomes. Um, we get to hear Eli Manning talk about the New York Giants, talk about Daniel Jones. Uh, by the way, like the Manning cast is awesome, but like it is awesome in spite of Eli. Eli offers nothing to the Manning cast, just so everyone Yeah, this. he shouldn't be on there, honestly. They should take it's, him off. Like, he's the, not adding anything. The best moments are when Peyton and the guests get involved in a discussion. And, like, when it's, like, on Monday night, Peyton and Breeze. Or, like, when Peyton and Russell Wilson were on there together, it was amazing. But, anyway, um, yeah, the Giants, our thoughts, they're bad. They're still bad. They've always been bad. Um Lame. This game stunk. Like they weren't even showing this on Red Zone because there was nothing happening for like a long time towards the end. And I don't think this win is like I kind of said on the podcast with uh with Solak that like to me the Bengals beating the Ravens wasn't like this big indictment of the Ravens as it was kind of just like a really good win for the Bengals and kind of announcing them that they're there. It doesn't mean like that the Ravens are going to spiral now out of control and they're frauds and their seasons. Agreed. Over. Well, like. In this sense, this to me is more about the Panthers losing this game than it is the Giants like winning this game and everything is fake. Mm-hmm. Like, the Giants were still bad. Like when and the Bills to credit, lost to the Steelers in week one, kind of like that. Yeah, right. Exactly. So um, I, I think like there's no big takeaway for me here. I mean, I will give the Giants like they won to their credit. They sure. took advantage of it. They were also really banged up in this one. And Daniel Jones still did enough. I think Daniel Jones is kind of like 
or for what he is working with in a bad environment, like I don't think Daniel Jones is a lost cause. I said that he, going into the season. He might actually be the second best quarterback in the division. Like to say he's he's not as good as Jalen Hurts is ridiculous. I can't believe I said that. Like there, there is there, you can see it with like you can see Daniel yep. Jones have NFL quarterback talents. I don't know what his ceiling is still, but like he's not again, he's not a lost cause. He's not Dwayne Haskins, he's not same dark. Like there, there's there's something there. There's something that like I don't know. I don't think the Giants should necessarily keep him because I think they should. This is a whole different subject, but I think because they have the picks and everything, they should make a play for Russ Russell because Wilson, he probably yeah. wants to go there. Yeah. Um, but like, again, ship him to like Pittsburgh or something. And maybe Denver. that could kind of work out. He, he could be to, like, so I think a lot of people, this is, I think this is a good little tie in here. RJ, good job by me. Uh, a lot of people thought Sam Darnold was going to be the next Ryan Tannehill because you just got to get him away from Adam oh. Gase and that fixes everything. Oh. I think Daniel Jones could be the next Ryan Tannehill of a guy that like he just has the talent he's just not in the right situation and again though I don't know that like you know you're winning Super Bowls with him but I think you could be a playoff team with Daniel Jones in a more healthier stable organization I think you could kind of be kind of a little bit at least more of what the Titans are uh meanwhile my takeaway from Darnold on the Darnold side of it is that we can't just always and this isn't just about Jalen Hurts although it feels like I'm subtweeting him when I say this like you can't just always say it's about the coaches and you just got to get out of the environment and like sometimes players are bad they're just bad players and like that Sam is like Darnold. For, like same Darnold. but that first rj for some reason that's harder for people to accept like people can really accept that a coach sucks but they can't accept that a player sucks like for some reason like you there aren't like for the most part there aren't like you talked about like these hives earlier there's not like coaching hives as much as there are player hives and a lot of bad players get hives for some reason and not actual hives. That would be really bad if they actually, you know, develop hive on their skin. That's what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, so Sam Donald stinks, and Daniel Jones. I think there's something there. But again, if I'm the Giants, I don't, I don't know that I'm like really feeling great about like committing to him. Like, do you really want to pay him eventually? I don't know. Now, I have a friend, a really good friend of mine. Uh, shout out to my good friend Jimmy, uh, who's a Houston Texans fan. And so obviously, you know, he's you know, monitoring the Deshaun situation and the Deshaun off the field stuff is deplorable. It's disgusting that the on-field stuff is even being discussed, but the trade deadlines next week. So obviously his name's in the news. And I asked him, I said, if you could, you know, if you could have any one of these quarterbacks like to, to receive in a potential trade, like what, you rank them for me. Um, I offered Zach Wilson because you never know the Jets, you know, were in on the Deshaun situation. Zach Wilson hasn't exactly looked impressive. I mean, I don't know what they would do. Tua, who's obviously been rumored, you know, to not necessarily be the guy in Miami. I threw out Baker Mayfield. Just we were it was a playful conversation. You never know. You know, the Browns haven't expressed a ton of commitment to him. And I threw out Daniel Jones. And I feel like like if you're the Texans and you get Daniel Jones back, like you can work with that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that there's something to like there, like to the point we're making here. Or if the Seahawks do deal Russell Wilson and they get Daniel Jones back, that would be interesting to watch. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see that. But I, I would like to see him, I think, in Denver or Pittsburgh. I think he'd have more opportunities for success in places like that, particularly Pittsburgh where Mike Tomlin raises the floor for everybody around him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but sadly, I don't think the Giants are going to be that smart and do that. I mean, maybe. I think they could. I think it's possible. Um, I mean, Dave Gettleman's still got to go, right? Like, that's going to happen no matter what, basically, unless the Giants make the playoffs. Like, it has to. Like, what, what are we doing here if you're keeping him? Joe Judge, like, I wouldn't necessarily keep him, but I could at least understand, like, as Ed has talked about, and not wanting to cycle through coaches. But at the very least, you'd have to change the GM. Right. Um, change the offensive coordinator. You got to, yeah. I mean, what are the Giants doing from here? You know, like, Okay, so they have this win, but now what? You know, like where is this really going from this point? Like, Nowhere. you know, we've talked about how the, 
This yeah. has just allowed them to lie to themselves. That's all this has done. This has given them, you know, reason to be like, I'm telling you, it's working. You know what we're doing? Like we just we just dominated the pants. No, you didn't. Like you no. were fortunate to be around the collapsing Sam Donald. That's it. At Chiefs versus Raiders at Bucks are their next three games. Then they get the Eagles. Two of like, those on Monday Night Football, by the way. Uh, yeah. Again, why? Why is Washington and Giants being put in prime time like this? New so that's. York. I mean maybe the Giants steal one of those games at best. So, and then there's, let's say the other, there's at least two losses. So then what? They're three and seven. Okay. Like that's the best case scenario for them is three and seven. I will say it would be fitting to the chaos that the chiefs have been in, involved with as of late for them to lose to the Giants on Monday night football. Like, you know, like generally like, and I'm not saying I, I believe that's going to happen, but like, you know, those moments where like Twitter, just like tw- Twitter, just drag something like whether it's a person yeah. or a player or a team, or whatever, like, could you not see like Twitter just dragging the chiefs on Monday night, like them collecting being like, they lost to the giants. And look, I'm not saying Andy Reid can be had by Jason Garrett, but the one thing that Jason Garrett was like kind of good at was game planning and coaching up against NFC East rivals. Obviously has a long history coaching against Andy Reid. Um, obviously, Andy hasn't you know been in the NFC East for a long time. But, I mean, like again, I'm not saying it's possible. I know they're huge underdogs, and, I'm, and they totally should be. But, like, would that not be fitting to what this season has been for the Chiefs to lose to the Giants on Monday Night Football? So, me kind of having, you know, this Andy Reid expertise that I do, and like I said earlier, that you kind of just can't assume the Chiefs are dead and buried because I've seen Andy Reid teams storm back in a big way in the second half of seasons. There are also been games in Andy Reid's tenure where they're just like WTF games. Like, like what? Like, how do we lose? Like, again, when the Eagles lost, I believe, to Marcus Russell and the Raiders at one point, and then they tied Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was a member of the Bengals, and Donovan McNabb didn't even oh, know that he was could the, have the, Like, yeah, the, the rules yeah. game. Nice. Yep. So he has, like, these really inexplicably just like, like, how? How did this happen? This is insane. So, yeah, it's it's possible. And I also think it's possible, like you said earlier, that the Eagles, I actually think it's likely. Like, that's my pick. I am picking the Lions to win. The Lions, like they're due for a win, right? Like they're, oh, I think okay. it was what Pete, Pete, who said like they're the best 0-7 team, 0-7 team there is. I don't know where you had them in your power rankings, but I had them like 27. Like I don't, I don't have them near, like they're better. I know their record is, but they're better than the Jets and the Jaguars and the Texans and I think, I mean, their energy is so much better than a lot of other teams, the Eagles included right now. I think they're going to win this game. And I honestly think it might be what's best for the Eagles if they lose this game. I mean, obviously the best thing like in a perfect world is that this is the week that they really turn things around. Nick Sirianni proves to be like brilliant head coach. Right, right, right. Like, but that's, you know, I just don't think that's happening when we're talking about realistically. So if we're talking about realistically what's going to happen or what could happen, I think it's actually the best case thing for them to lose this game, not only because it helps them uh, get a better pick potentially from Miami, you know, because it could move the, the Lions above that Miami pick. Um, and maybe the Eagles' own pick, probably not. Ooh, uh, it's it, an interesting meta take, probably not. I don't think that's going to happen. No, uh, but this, Eagles this is this is the intervention if they lose, right? Like, this, yeah, is- exactly. It's a wake up call. They need a way. They, because I've said the, the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems with this team, RJ, is that they are not realistic at all. They, they genuinely view themselves among like the NFL's elites. They think they're right there with them, or, or if obviously, I think they're realistic about what they are this season. They don't think they're one of those teams, but they think like they're going to go through this bad year and they're going to come out on the other side clean and they're, we're going to be right up there with everyone else. And the reality is, since the beginning of last year, RJ, like there's only four teams, I believe, with fewer wins than the Eagles, and it's like the Jets, 
and the Lions and the Texans and I guess the, uh, the Jaguars. Yeah, like that's that's who you are right now. Those are that's your company. It's not the elites. It's the worst teams in the NFL. So you uh, you have to have that like rock bottom moment and that's that's yes. where like that's why like i think the giants could win next week because the giants have not had that like the moment they're about to like completely bottom out they're bailed out for whatever reason and like i think what bailed them out last year like we're talking like bailing out from like a mindset standpoint was the you know was man we would have won the division if if philly hadn't thrown that game in week 17 we yeah. that, that was ours we earned it you know like and they really convinced themselves of that and so like that saved them from bottoming out and they're kind of like that. That's what next week could be is, man, we've won two games in a row. We're back in this thing. Like We could be a wild card team. And then all offseason long, every Giants fan will lie to themselves and say, we remember when we beat the Chiefs like that. We just need to be that team every single week. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what, what fans do. Like that. that's why like you can, you can almost see it coming a mile away. So we both got the Eagles to lose. Um, we're both going to pick the Giants to lose. Right? Like we're not, like we, we think it's possible. Yeah. We're not really going to pick that. Um, I think Washington beats Denver. Yeah, sure. And we both think Dallas beats Minnesota. Yep. Mm. Lockstep. Anything else you want to offer? Or lockstep like we are candy, it seems. Um, and anything else? Anything else in life? Anything that's on your mind? Just some something you want to say? Something you want to put out there? Uh, last podcast before Halloween. So happy Halloween to everyone. It's all, I don't love that it's on NFL Sunday. I really don't like that, in fact. Uh, so not a fan of that. But um trade deadline rj this will be our last podcast probably before the trade deadline next week too so we'll see if anything becomes of that i guess we'll record maybe after the deadline next week don't, don't tell everyone how all of the sausage is made just we'll some see. of the sausage we'll see you know what i mean we don't uh, know yet we'll figure it out that would make sense to me anyway we'll figure it out right on um everybody have a good one blg the last word belongs to you eagles lose More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.